UX Podcast Episode 83. Hi, and welcome to UX Podcast, balancing business, technology, and users. Every other Friday from Stockholm, Sweden, I'm Pat Axboom. And I'm James Roy Lawson. That was terribly said for me. My name is James Royal Lawson. <laughs> See, you, you said, you know, you need reading glasses. Well, I do too, probably. But I actually sound like I need a, ste- a speech therapist. <laughs> speech therapist. <laughs> oh. oh, I was asking James to actually increase <laughs> the size of uh, the text on the screen because I wasn't able to read the introduction. From it, was, it, was, it was too small. It's almost a meter away from me, the screen, so I can't read it. <laughs> you weren't a meter away when you were trying to read it. Alrighty then. Welcome uh, to US Podcast with mm. two middle-aged men who can't <laughs> see the screen anymore. Um, this week we are going to be um, having an interview with um, Skip Allums. Skip Allums. Um, now, Skip, um, he is um, well. He works with mobile user experience and interaction design. Um, has a background in library science and mm. new media, um, but he's just come out with um, with a book. Um, the book is called Designing Mobile Payment Experiences. Mm. Now, this is quite timely. Very timely. Why, Pat? Because if you're an Apple fanboy like I am, uh, then you were watching the Apple uh, launch that was on Tuesday the 9th. Of September. Mm-hmm. And uh, they launched something called Apple Pay and basically, they've just uh, they've attached NFC to <laughs> iPhones now as well. Yeah, near field communication, mm. which those of us in the Android mm. world have had in a lot of phones for quite a long time. Yes, but Android people don't spend as much money as we Apple people do. So. Well, <laughs> we're probably talking about it with, with Skip, but the, the, the challenge is a little bit more complicated than that. And uh, the, <laughs> it was funny because they, they were showing the video of how you pay. You just bring your phone up to the counter and... and You've paid basically, Yay. yeah. So so simple, and I, I have no idea if it will be that simple in in out in the field and in th- in the practice. But well, given that Skip's written an entire book about it, about designing, we'll probably find out. No, right. Then when we, we might talk, yeah. find about the the the, the gotchas and the problems, mm. and maybe why it's not going to be as straightforward as it quite sounds. Mm. Most probably. Let's give him a ring. Hey there, Skip. How are you doing? Uh, good morning, guys. Oh, nice to hear from you. yeah. Good morning, or or good evening to you, or late evening at your where you are, I guess. Yeah, it's very late. I've actually had to move to the garage so I don't wake the baby. Oh. So, author of a designing mobile payment experiences, you you actually contacted us, and we have a well. I've browsed through your book. I, th- I think uh, James has uh, had time, a bit more time to read a few chapters. Yeah, I've I've read a little uh, bit. A little bit of it. I think uh, my my um, my book my ebook reader has told me I think I've read thirty four percent. I'm not quite sure how it knows exactly what <laughs> what I've read and what I haven't, but I've I've, um, I've obviously touched thirty thirty a third of it. Mm. But tell us a bit about your background. What brought you to writing the book? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I uh, I work for a company called Monetize, which um, builds uh, mobile banking and payment software. Uh, based in the UK, but we've got um, a US office. And um, yeah, it was just really working in UX in this field is kind of, you know, especially in payments, mobile payments in particular, there's just not a lot of, you know, you can't go out and online and find a guidebook or, you know, message your friends at work at competing companies and ask them how they would tackle different, you know, scenarios. So a lot of it was just, pulling together my own research for my own, you know, personal reference and for the reference mm-hmm. of my team. And um, let's see. And then I gave a talk in uh, Berlin at MobX Berlin and um, the O'Reilly guys um, approached me and said, hey, do you want to write okay, a book cool. about this stuff? And it's it's going to be a, a real hot topic this over the next couple of years, especially given the news um, the other week that um, – Apple are going to be in introducing NFC technology at long last into um, iPhones. 
Right. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we've all been kind of those, you know, kind of payment geeks, I guess, out there have been kind of sitting around waiting, you know, wondering what's, well, when they would mm. throw their hat in the ring, um, you know, in some form or another. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say the NFC was the thing I thought it was going to be, you know, maybe it came apparent later on because, um, you know, for Apple to take on NFC, it would mean severe, not severe, but drastic changes to their hardware, to the device itself, which, um, you know, it, yeah. you know, that, that takes a lot of consideration in terms of production of a, of a device. So I didn't think it was going to be something overnight, you know, it, it was pretty much every year, it seems like, or every, every time a new iPhone yeah. came out, there was always rumors, yeah. oh, it's going to have NFC, but it's not really a new thing. And it becomes kind of a boy, boy cried wolf right. kind of scenario. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting times. And, um, you know, we're, you know, in the US, we're kind of slow to, to pick up new technology in terms of payments and banking, which is kind of strange. Um, you know, as you guys know, we're still using That's right. You don't have the cards. Yet, do you? Um, not yet. In the next year or so, we're supposed to start getting them. Um, and even then, the pin will be optional. So typically, oh, really? Not, so uh, that's interesting. <laughs> chip and pin with an optional uh, in, pin. In some so, cases, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just chips. Look yeah, chips. just chip. Like <laughs> chips. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, we're still using magnetic stripe, and you know, we're just kind of catching up to the rest of the world. And you know, mobile payments, NFC in particular, is not a new thing. You know, it's been around for you know, over a decade. So, um, you know, and for in different regions, it's become very, very popular In other regions, it's just been kind of a flop. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the payment space and how it changes, not just here think, in the I US, think maybe we should, globally, um, I think. Should we just take a little look at um, some of the types? We've just been babbling now about NFC, which, I mean, I'm, we're making the presumption that all the listeners know exactly what that is. But should we just take a little run through what you have described as the three major frameworks for, for um, mobile payment ecosystems and what they are? Yeah, sure. So um, the three areas that I kind of talk about in the book are NFC, obviously, which um, relies on some kind of card uh, data or a proxy for a card stored on a device somewhere in the phone's guts um, or maybe in the cloud service if it's um, HCE with Android. Um, and and in, in some uh, you know form where the, the card is in an electronic format and it's stored on the phone and it's passed to a point of sale reader uh, at a merchant. So, you know, you tap your phone on a reader and or through a you know, turnstile to in a um, you know in a subway station, um, and so that's that's NFC. It's very mm -hmm. hardware focused, right? So, and then the other two, um, you know, kind of cloud based payments, which rely on the you know the customer, the user having a card stored on file, either in the cloud or you know somewhere else, but generally not uh, on the device. And um, you know that relies on you can you can do a couple things with that. You can do remote payments, so I can place an order on my phone and go pick it up, you know, you know a few minutes later, um, you know, in, in app commerce, um, sending money back and forth between mm -hmm. friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then the other, uh, the other version, which is kind of, um, it's centered around uh, stored value cards. So closed loop payments like the Starbucks app, like, and Dunkin' Donuts here in the States. I'm trying to think of something that might be in your neck of the woods. Um, yeah, but, in, you know, usually it's contained within one merchant has a loyalty card or some kind of gift card that customers can reload, um, and it's not tied to their bank account in any way. So those are the, you know, generally the three approaches that um, payment apps yeah. tend to take. And we've, um, I mean, at least here in... Um well, here in Europe, um, we've seen mainly the, um, the, the well national versions of these things. We haven't seen kind of anything that's become widespread. Um, of course, all the stores and the brands have got their apps, um, and and then some. So here in Sweden, there's a few companies, quite a few companies that have been doing the the cloud um, system, where you'd 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 have a, a QR code or something, you'd um, you'd, you'd 
Yeah, sec- uh, yeah secure. secure is one of the ones that we have here. Mm. Um, uh, but NFC, right. no, that really hasn't done much, of course, yet. Um, but what I do know is that the, no. the, the biggest supermarket chain here in Sweden, all of their, um, term- or their, their um, point-of-sale terminals are all ready for NFC. Um, but they've only used it for right. a loyalty scheme. They've only used it for the closed-loop example so far. Um, mm. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know you guys also have uh, Y Wallet, which yeah. is I think yeah. you pronounced that right. That's the joint venture, exactly. right? And then we, on top of that, we have something yeah. called Swish, mm. um, which is the the banks. Mm. A few years ago, when um, when they they launched Y Wallet, um, the mobile operators used um, some. Ch- I think if I remember this right, they used some changes in the financial rules, um, basically as a land grab um, to try and kind of get hold of the mobile payments network and right. the banks saw this coming, you know, they caught wind that the, the mobile operators were going to do this and, and thought, oh, no, we, we can't be outside of this. So they, they quickly put together their own mm. um, payment system called Swish. Um, but that's, but that's um, they're, they're based on, right. or Swish is based on your telephone number. Um, so you, can, you send payments with the, um, the, the, mob, the mobile phone number as the, as the identif- identifier. Um, and it's it's been geared up though mainly between friends right. and people. You know, like when you're buying stuff from, I suppose for you a lot would be Craigslist. Um, when you're doing that, we're buying secondhand goods, buying products right. off um, websites between private individuals. That's where you, a lot of the use of, um, at least of Swish, has become um, pretty pretty common. Um, or just just walking off to lunch with friends, uh, someone forgot their money or wallet or whatever. They'll say, oh, "I'll switch you, switch you the money later." So it's it's really become mainstream over the past couple of months, and I, everyone's loving it. Uh, the way I gather, actually, it's mm-hmm. right. It um, yeah. If if that's really the goal, if you have any any kind of app, really any kind of digital experience, if it becomes a thing that you use daily and becomes. Um, you know, part of your you know conversations, yeah. it becomes uh, you know it becomes a verb. Exactly. So like swish is you know, um, you know mm-hmm. I'm going to swish you something mm-hmm. and becomes part of your vernacular. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when you know. But what's what's interesting there, right. of course, is that they're only just starting now to um, include companies in those. Um, well, to allow companies to take payments um, using swish, um, and you still need it's still very Swedish. Like you need to have your Swedish bank. You need to set it up on your internet banking first before you can then use it in the app. Um, so it, it's still very domestic. Right. Um, and it will, yeah. it, it's going to be pretty much impossible for it to become standardized and European because it's, it's a Swedish, these are Swedish things. Um, and, and, that's, and that's for me one of the big, at least on the adoption <laughs> level, it's one of the, uh, the big challenges is that I still can't see anything that kind of knocks my Visa or MasterCard out of the water when it comes to simplicity and um, European or international adoption. Sure. Mm. right yeah it's i mean it's one of those things where it's so ingrained in our society to just swipe a card or, or stick our card into a uh emb slot chip and pin slot it's you know it works fine there's nothing mm. broken about the process you know you you know the way it functions um it's uh you know the evolution of payments is just kind of it's always gravitated towards finding the most convenient ways for us to get the things we need. And, you know, we always have our phones with us. Um, it's, you know, it just becomes mm. one of those things where it's a very personal artifact, both money and your, your phone are very personal things. And it's only natural. They start to merge, um, you know, even uh, with, you know, magnetic stripes uh, or magnetic stripe cards, you know, it took, you know, several years for merchants to even to pick those up. Um, in the I think I think in the seventies in the early seventies when uh, magnetic stripe cards came out it was um, an improvement on the charge plate cards where you had to you know use carbon paper to to rub over the top of the charge plate and uh, if the only way you could know if you were a merchant if the card was bogus mm. is you had to look it up in a binder this great big binder that would Ooh. they would update once a year <laughs> or something. And, um, yeah, and then with Manic Stripe, you could just swipe a card on a machine and, you know, but that, even that took, you know, five, mm. you know, half a decade mm. for merchants to really pick it up. I mean, these are, you know, these are sea changes. These aren't really sea changes that happen, um, overnight. It's, it's, you know, tends mm. to be more of a gradual, 
uh, it's like, gradual change. Well, go back to what you said there. I mean, the magnetics. Well, the, the plastic cards that we use, the, the card system we use, isn't broken. It works really, really well. It's in, it's incredibly well adopted and very, very fast. Mm. If that's not broken, why are we trying to fix it with something new? Well, part of it is, um, you know, you start to see uh, consumers becoming more and more concerned about their personal uh, security and financial privacy. So uh, uh, when you have situations like the Target breach uh, last year with Home Depot just a few weeks ago here in the States, um, you know, consumers are really scared about their financial information getting out there and, um, you know, one of the strengths of NFC is the security model around it. Um, that's, you know, we're, we're starting to look at ways that we can stop, you know, exposing our payment details. Um, so things like a PayPal checkout button where I don't have to enter my, my card into some kind of uh, credit card form or, or put in my bank details. I can just log in with my PayPal address. And there's, there's a layer between, uh, the merchant and the, and the consumer in terms of the payment mm. uh, transaction. And, you know, that gives us a little bit of comfort. Um, so, I mean, part of it, I think, is, um, you know, yeah, it's it's fairly fast, mm. but, you know, how can we make it faster? So, like, Bitcoin's a perfect, Bitcoin in particular is a great example of, you know, how we make the, you know, the, the settlement from funds from one person to another happen in an instant yeah. rather than two to three business days. Mm. So I think um, just the speed thing is one of the when I when I've when I've thought about um, paying by by another means other than card or cash. Not that I use cash anymore. I haven't used cash in in supermarkets for years. But um, when you're paying by um, card, and I see maybe the kind of secure or one of the other um, QR code based payment systems that are advertised on some of the terminals here in in Sweden, I kind of mm. wonder how the hell am I? I'm not going to set that up. Now, I think we had the, we had the same thing with the um, the, the car right. park paying for car parking. Um, there's an app for doing that, and um, for over, like for a couple of years, I've, I've every time I've put my card into a, a payment machine to pay for my parking, I, I've I've read these adverts for uh, for Q Park or whatever one it is, and and think. Well, I don't have time to do that now. No. I've got a meeting in five minutes. I'm parking my car. I need to, I need to get this ticket put in my window and <laughs> run to my meeting. And and the, unless the machine is out of order. And you have to oh, pay no, but way. then I run to a machine that's further up the street, Pat. Yeah, because usually my meetings are in town. So I've not, I've not yet been stranded and been forced to play the app. So, so what I did was in the end, I had, to, I had to put myself a reminder to set this app up and, and install everything and you know, add my credit card details, right. add my, my email details, you know, do all that kind of administrative stuff during the summer now. Um, so that was ready to pay for parking on my mobile once the season started again and we got back to work after the, the, the summer holidays. Um, so, so now it's great. I have to just press a couple of buttons and pay for parking. But that, just that startup, how, you know, how, do you get, how do you get going with some of these things? Um, how do you preempt paying and setting yourself up? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, you've got to do some kind of setup you know, it's not like a, something that happens, you know, at the moment that you need it, you, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, apps like the ones you're describing, you've got to do some kind of, you know, set up uh, beforehand, um, you know, and there's, you know, with cash or with cards, it's, it's just, it just kind of works. Um, you know, like any relationship, I feel like you tend to remember only, you know, you tend to remember the good stuff. And, uh, you know, you forget all the inconvenient things about cash or cards, like, you know, what you're describing about, you know, machines being down or not having enough change or, you know, you're swiping your card and your card's not reading. I mean, there's there's no perfect payment system. Um, yeah, the onboarding thing, part of it is, um, you know, it's about communicating what are the benefits of this app you know, or this payment experience. Is it going to be faster? Is it more secure? Is it, um, you know, does it work with all the merchants in my neighborhood? Those are the types of things, you know, that consumers are going to want to know before they even sign up. And then the next part is really um, reducing the amount of input that the user has to um, offer to, to get started. So if it's linked to their bank in some way and they don't have to enter, you know, a 16 digit card number, 
Um, that's always helpful. They can just pick their mm -hmm. cards from a list. Um, I mean, there's, you know, the, the onboarding experience is really, um, it's the most important, well, the payment obviously is the most important aspect of the experience, but the onboarding, it just sets the tone for the rest of the app. And, you know, if, if you're finding a lot of roadblocks or a lot of kind of unexpected patterns, in that onboarding uh, process, that's you know you'll, you'll yeah. lose people. Yeah, of course, I mean the the actual away. payment itself is is crucial. Um, you know, as far as the the user experience and the and what's happening goes. But if you don't have the app or the system set up beforehand, you're never going to get the chance to to experience the payment. So so yeah, you right. you've you've got to have the the whole mechanism and system in place first. And Given the, given the number of people I've actually oh. helped to set up Swish and other apps and talked about these apps and helped them get, get along with them, uh, I'm surprised that the, well, the, the owners of these apps actually don't sit outside in the stores because, I mean, it's, it's a physical situation. You actually have to bring your phone up to a payment station. And especially for Secure, it's, it's a QR co code-based uh, uh, payment system as well. Right. It's really, really fast. Mm -hmm. uh, but it takes perhaps five minutes to set it up and which and people don't have five minutes and don't don't know where to start but if people had been sitting in the store willing to help you install the app that would be extremely helpful and i think really cha change how how it's adopted have you seen any examples where people actually go out and help people install apps in that way um that yeah i wouldn't say that's common i actually find that a lot of these types of apps it's kind of a word of mouth kind of thing, or you see a friend use it mm. and you ask them about it, or um, you see someone else in line at the store use it, like, oh, that's, you know, that seems convenient. Mm. How do I do that? Um, you know, with um, some of the telco uh, backed uh, mobile wallets, whether it's, you know, uh, Telefonica or, or ISIS, yeah. uh, well, formerly known as ISIS, a uh, soft card here in the States. Um, uh, the, oftentimes the, the apps are preloaded on the phones when you get them. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of, um, you know, and, and all, very often they'll give you, you know, 10 or, you know, $20, uh, in, in free credit on the, on the app straight away. So you could start using it, decide if you even want to, you know, continue using it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, it's definitely, you have to kind of prove that, um, you know, your wallet or your payment app is, you know, is, you know, is useful and is, is something that the customer is going to want to use every day and um, get some kind of benefit out of it, whether it's, you know, giving them loyalty mm -hmm. points or getting them exclusive discounts to merchants that they care about. Um, you know, those are the, the, you know, the ways you're going to get people to, to sign up. And, you know, there's no, <laughs> you know, I wish I could say there was a recipe for, um you know, for, for gaining adoption and, and part of it, and, you know, a lot of it is just the experience itself. You know, it, you know, if you, once you, if you use one of these apps the first time it works well, there's no um, kind of red flags. Um, you feel uh, comfortable giving, you know, using it. Um, it just kind of uh, snowballs from that, from that first. I'm going to speculate payment. a little bit here and, and, and say that, and I think the supermarkets are, are, are key to all of this because i mean in, in almost every country in the world we, we've got to buy food um or you've got to get food and um all of the supermarkets have got loyalty systems and and bonus systems and they and they already have exactly what per is kind of questioned right. or asked about it's like they have people sat um usually on the way in um at a desk saying well here's how you sign up for our um self-scanning system or our kind of you know loyalty system or whatever and they've put a lot of time and effort in the over the years to get people on board into those so so maybe we'll see yeah. them switch over to be um you know payment um, system helpers and they kind of encourage you to get up and running um but um but whether that's whether that's a standardized system or whether it's going to be still oh well yes we can sort out our supermarket app which also includes nfc payment um that's a, that's a different question i think right mm. one aspect is that our smartphones are a multitasking device and i can't tell you how many times because i have installed these uh, apps for parking and p paying for parking and i've brought up the app walking from my car, and I've got three notifica notifications from Facebook, one text message, and I start paying attention to those, and I forget to actually pay. 
So also standing in, mm. in a queue to pay at the supermarket, I'm playing with my phone. I don't, I'm not bringing up the app to pay. I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing something on my phone, and I'm not really willing. I'm just fine paying with my card because that means I can go out and play with my phone. Cause it, so it really breaks my <laughs> rhythm with, when interacting with my communication device if I also have to use it as a payment device. So, so are we really, do right. we really want it to be the payment device as well, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, now, you know, in the next year or so, yeah, it could be the phone, but, you know, after, you know, within 10 years, it could just be, we're scanning your face mm -hmm. or reading your fingerprint and, or we just, you don't even have to take your phone out of your pocket. We just know your location. We know, you know, we know your device. Um, we can charge a bill to you later. Um, yeah, I mean, that's right now, um, because the, you know, aside from, you know, aside from folks like us who play with this kind of technology, mm -hmm. you know, because you're curious, um, you know, for, for everyday, you know, folks, um, it's uh, mobile, a lot of the mobile experiences, mobile payment experiences kind of tend to try to mirror real life. So there's lots of like pictures of plastic cards, yeah. which I mean, we're not talking about cards. They're not cards anymore. <laughs> it's data. Um, it's your identity. Um, and it, you know, there's lots of like, you know, cards sliding in and out of, <laughs> of the frame and, and, you know, lots of, you know, there used to be lots of leather stitching yeah. of, you know, in the UI, that kind of thing. Um, and right now it's just because mm -hmm. it's such an alien thing that you kind of have to, you know, coax people into it and get them used to the idea of using their phone as a, as a payment device or to authorize a payment. Um, and you know, the example you were talking about of, um, you know, breaking, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm doing something on Facebook and I'm reading emails and, oh, I don't really want to, I think the breaking that, you know, Hey, you've got a payment, um, you're in a payment situation. You're having a conversation mm, essentially yeah. with the merchant. Um, you know, it's, you know, it adds a bit more weight to the experience. I don't think that payment should just be, um, you know, right now it's, I, I think it's about putting a, a kind of significance in that interaction. Um, if it's too seamless and too easy, it almost becomes frivolous. Like I'm just kind of, you know, the money is just gone and, you know, yeah. all of a sudden I have this, you know, box of Twinkies in my hand. How did, the, how did this box of Twinkies get here? Um, so, you know, there needs to be a certain weight behind um, payment experiences now, but, you know, in the future, it could be a bit more effortless. I just no, don't think we're there I yet. Think, um, I think we could be, this could be quite transitional, like you say, with the, with the way that, if we took um, passport, um, passports as an example, um, there we have, we're moving rapidly, I think, towards right. facial or a combination of, of feature recognition um, to, to, to determine that it's you. Um, and that's that's effectively the same kind of mechanism that you could use for payments. Um, that that we we don't actually need a phone because I'm, right. I'm a bit concerned about the fact that. Or yesterday, for example, I was had I'd parked, and uh, my telephone while I was parked doing the thing I'd parked to do, um, something had gone mad on the telephone, and the battery just completely went in in about an hour. Um, so when mm -hmm. it came to kind of finish my parking or alter it and so on, I, I, my phone was useless now because it was dead. Mm. Um, and you know, that, that's a bit of a worry where if you have to make payments, I'm suddenly going to, I'm going to have to carry all the plastic anyway, because, because my phone, I can't guarantee that right. it's going to be always there and possible to do something with the phone when I need to pay. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to fall back to the, the good old favorite, um, plastic thing. Well, now of a chip that's, that's going to work and that's going to be able to take a transaction from me irrespective of whether there's a mobile battery or coverage. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's, um, you are not, yeah. I don't think we're throwing away our cards just yet. Although I, you know, I will say the one thing that the, what's great about the, um, having your financial data on your phone is, you know, your phone can tell you, you know, how much your balance is before you go into the store, and make a payment, your plastic cards generally can't tell you that. Um, so, I mean, 
you know, aside from your battery running out, which by the way, you shouldn't be um, using your phone while you're <laughs> operating a motor vehicle, of course. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's definitely a transitional thing. It's um, we won't be, you know, throwing away our wallets just yet. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just to be fair, I, I went swimming after I'd parked the car. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't parked and then still using the car. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, J- James has to yeah, you don't have to explain yourself to explain himself. I'm so, I'm you don't have to explain yourself people think I'm just driving around kind of like dead, playing with phones all the time you do all your research while you <laughs> so how much of a game changer is it that now Apple has it um, yeah it's um you know, a lot of people are saying it's a breakthrough in payments. It's a you know red letter day, and it, there's certainly you know a tinge of, of of that. Anytime Apple does something new or what's perceived to be new, when you know with NFC in particular, like like we were saying earlier, you know it's a bit old, but the way they're doing it is so uniquely. A- Apple, Apple never does anything um, new yeah, in they, my mind. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It's their take on um, you know mm. you know payments. You know, a payment system that's been working moderately well for Android. It's been around for decades in places like mm-hmm. South Korea and Japan. Um, but uh, what Apple's doing differently is they're using a token, a tokenization method that um, is really the first of its kind, at least here in the States, where the card that you use in the phone is not the same card number that you you know, have in your wallet. So it's a dynamic card. It's a dynamic, um, you know, carding, uh, or sorry, a token for a card and a cryptogram that changes dynamically. So, um, you know, if someone got a hold of your phone and, and somehow your fingerprint as well, you know, they could make one payment maybe, and then at the next store it would be declined. So, you know, that aspect, the security aspect is really the innovation mm-hmm. here, I think. Um, and then of course the user experience as well. They took a hard look at, um, you know, getting the onboarding process that we talked about earlier, they're just letting you use the card that's already on file. They've got what almost a billion mm. cards on file in iTunes. Um, and, uh, so that's a huge step, um, you know, kind of a leap past where most, um, you know, startups tend to, you know, a lot of the focus is around getting your card number into the app and setting it up. Um, Apple's really, you know, um, has, you know, a really, a great shortcut there. And then, you know, they're doing other little things like, well, allowing you to just take a picture of the card to use character mm-hmm. recognition to, to read the card number. If you do want to add a second card, that kind of thing, it's, um, yeah, like you said, it's, you know, Apple wasn't doing anything particularly new. They're yeah. just doing it better. Um, I mean, I'll, of course, reserve judgment until next week when I actually get to start using it. But, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, it may be that, you know, what works great in a demo is not as advertised. The thing about NFC is, um, you know, Apple obviously controls the phone. They control the, they control the user experience on the, you know, on the phone itself. But what they can't control is the NFC readers in the stores and whether or not they're working. Um, there's no kind of, um, you know, there's lots of manufacturers of NFC readers. Um, they all work differently. They all have different feel NFC fields. So, um, how far away you have to be when you tap the phone on the reader, um, you know, in various stages of upkeep. So merchants might not have the most recent terminal. You could walk into a store and tap and nothing happens. Uh, Those yeah. are the types of things. That and I saw you, you had a picture you know, in the book as well of, of, um, of a store that had um, covered the NFC reader with adverts um, for other things. So it was completely blocking the reader because yes. they were trying to push you to do, right. I don't know, buy bananas or whatever. You've got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, it, yeah, it's one of those things where there's a level of, a, you know, the you know, consumers have to be educated how the, the, the payment works, you know, the technology works and you know, how you use it, why it's secure. Uh, and then merchants have to do, you know, there's a bit of outreach that needs to happen with retail where you, you're training folks how to use it and maintain the readers and make sure they're a good working order. Um, they're not covered by yeah. advertisements. Um, you know, and then merchants right now in the States, the merchants were working on their, a lot of the large uh, retail chains are working on their own wallet. Um, also QR code based, I think. And, 
um, called MCX. And, you know, in some cases you would walk into a store and they might have the, the latest uh, EMV and, and NFC reader, but they've turned off the NFC Ooh. bit. So, you know, there's a lot of factors at play here. So, so what, what's in it for the merchants? I mean, consumers are concerned about security, but why do the merchants want this? Um, you know, well, merchants are just as concerned about fraud as, as consumers are. They, you know, they lose income every time a fraudulent transaction um, happens. And, um, you know, it's um, right now the EMV standards are switching in the U.S. to, um, you know, uh, for a card not present. Uh, transactions and car present transactions. There's different rates. Um, there's a lot of factors that merchants have to consider when looking at their payment systems and, you know, what types of cards that they accept. So, you know, you'll find that some merchants will take Visa and MasterCard, but they might not take American Express or Discover. And, you know, and because those all have different, um, you know, processing rates. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, I think for merchants, you know, they're just, like I said, they're just as concerned about security as, as consumers are. Um, and the hassle of having to, you know, put out press releases every time you have a, um, you know, a breach in your, in your security and you have to, um, you know, you, you, there's a you know, damage to your brand if that happens and that, you know, no one wants that. You know, you can get into the, you know, almost like the politics of, you know, pays for the reader upgrades, um, you know, who's responsible for fraud if, you know, if, if a fraudulent card is used, um, you know, but in the end, it's they want to get people through the lines mm -hmm. as fast as possible. And, um, you know, whatever payment method works great, as long as they get the funds and they get their revenue, I don't think that, um, you know, it's uh, for them, it's about the, it's, it's about the consumer experience as well. So we're all, um, you know, they have the same goals that Apple does. Um, although I would say that Apple is, you know, they're, they're kind of placing themselves as a facilitator. They could have taken a different route and said, you know, we're going to own all of the consumer data. We're going to track, oh, um, you know, consumers purchase purchases. And, um, you know, they, they seem to not really be taking that route. It's more, you know, we don't know who you are. We just know that you have a card and you've presented it to the route to the merchant and, you know, that's all we're doing. Um, I'm going to, um, tell you, mm -hmm. now we've got, we've got, um, iPhone now, Apple rather, they've got, they're not known for their openness as far as, you know, open systems, open APIs and letting other people in on their game. So does this move by Apple actually just right. doom us into having, um, a period now with oh, a kind of a limited diversification in mobile payments with with Google Wallet, which currently isn't available outside of the US, um, Apple's payment, and then I guess we've got other big players like PayPal and, and Amazon who also have a lot of international um, users right. that we're going to have a bit of a land grab, I guess, or? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely some... Uh, manifest destiny going on with, uh, you know, in terms of the, you know, the telcos in particular, they're like, well, mm -hmm. these are our devices. We're going to control which cards are stored on them. And um, so you have things like uh, Weave uh, in Europe and uh, ISIS here in the U.S. Um, where the, the telecoms were, you know, they're really stepping into this space and now Apple's kind of taken the different route. Well, you know, they're going to store the the card on the phone and it's going to be dynamic and we don't need, you know, they effectively sidestepped um, that kind of landlord uh, tenant model of the, the SIM card and, and uh, the mobile device, which is, you know, historically what is, you know, NFC has been based on. Um, I mean, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, it'll be, you know, uh, you know, I think the different payment schemes are, will probably, you know, unilaterally see a bump mm -hmm. in their usage now. I think that, um, you know, I don't think that, you know, PayPal is going away. I don't think that uh, any of the other payment, you know, um, schemes are going to, you know, I think it's just going to be a proliferation of, um, you know, more consumers wanting to do this. And, um, you know, the, the other side of the Apple Pay, 
um, you know, there's an API now where you can uh, introduce an Apple Pay button inside your app. Uh, you know, if you have a checkout screen, it's, um, you know, I don't think that um, it's going to be Apple stamping out all of their competitors um, straight away. And, uh, you know, just as, just like there's not, you know, they've not done that to the, to the wider uh, mobile device um, uh, market. That's a that's an interesting point, a good point there. I mean, I think maybe maybe the, the the near future of designing mobile payment systems is going to be more about you know, for for most of the UXs listening, probably it's going to be more about designing the integration with a mobile payment system rather than the system itself. Right. It could be. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it's um, you know whether that's mm. you know a biometric. Whether it's you know a voice command, I mean, there's no um, you know it's there's no limit to you know what you can imagine of how um, a payment could take place, um, whether it's between two people or between you yeah. and a store um, or you and an institution. Um, you know, I I think in the end it's it's about um, you know the the convenience factor. So that's kind of you know if you a lot of times startups get really focused on, you know, uh, putting in a lot of thought into, um, you know, the animations of a, you know, card sliding in and out and uh, I won't name particular apps, but, um, they, they tend to forget that the payment itself is not the user's goal. When they open up this app, their goal is to do whatever mm -hmm. it is they set out to do, whether it's to pay for their parking or pay for their groceries. Um, and you, you know, you can't get in the way of that. Um, and that's, you know, apps that do that well, that are, are seamless and, um, you know, effortless. Those are going to be the exactly, apps that yeah. prevail. I think that's an important lesson for all interaction designers is that, the user interface is actually an obstacle to getting to your goal. It's, it's really usually not the, the thing that you really want to do. Right. It's, you know, we're not, you know, typically users aren't there to watch your brilliant exactly. animations. They're there to, you know, mm -hmm. pay their phone bill. So, um, you know, don't get away. Mm -hmm. don't, don't get in the way of that. Um, yeah, it's all about speed, it's really. About speed. Yep. <laughs> Talking about speed, I, I reckon it's probably time for us to wrap up. I think so. Uh, it's been fantastic talking to you, I think, Skip. This is an area I really don't know much about, but it, it's really interesting as from a, as a regular consumer of it, as an early adopter of these types of payment systems. It's really interesting. Uh, and what I'm hearing really is that it's not the, the number of different payment systems is not really going to decrease. It's, it's going to increase over the um, coming few years, I think, uh, until we land in something that becomes more mainstream oh i was just gonna say yeah this you know money is a very personal thing and um just like we all have different colored uh cards we you know i have a, you know you might have a card with a cat on it i might have a card with a picture of my son it's a very you know it becomes an expression of you know uh of myself in a way and that's going to be different for everyone and so for some people you know apple or uh, google wallet or uh, Venmo or PayPal, those are going to be mm. um, more relevant to you know, to different people, and um, yeah, it's um, you know it's going to be a really interesting mm. uh, next few years. I think it's um, you know uh, you know buckle your yep. buckle it's your definitely going to be interesting. It's not going to go away. It's um, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see how this develops. And um, you never know, maybe we can uh, maybe we can get you back in a couple of years, Skip, and. Um, <laughs> and look back and see see whether we created Utopia or whether we've all descended into a pit of payment hell. No, it's been a, a real pleasure uh, being on the show, and you know I'm a huge fan. So, um, excellent. Yeah, of course, I think I'll be back. Um, it's, been, it's been great talking to you, and I've, I think we'd yeah. like to have you back at sometime in the future. It'd be fun. Hmm. Now off to bed. With yeah, you. off. <laughs> off to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Thank thanks guys. Bye. <laughs> Well, as usual, that was fun talking to um, Skip. Yes, definitely. Mm. But I feel like I'm full of more questions and not really confident that I know what's coming and what's going to succeed and what's the best way forward. Exactly. I think mm. we're one of the biggest conclusions we can take from all this is that we're we're going to be in for a 
disruptive few years. I mean, as, as always with all these things, new technology comes and gets disrupted. I don't, I don't think it's going to get simpler, you know, by and large, for the next few years. Yeah. I mean, if we're just looking at how it is here in Sweden when you've got... Um, you've got um, micropayments between individuals using mm. Swish. You've got yeah. the um, that's phone numbers. You've got um, very SMS payments. You've got the um, contactless payments for what's well, not even payments. You've got travel cards mm. which you have to preload with something. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got we've got a, v- a various amount of of different ways of mm. of paying just now. Um, and when we add to the the mix, um, you know, the iPhone with NFC. Um, an Apple Pay, right? Um, then that's another way of paying. Um, exactly, it's just another way of paying. It, it uh, doesn't necessarily make it any easier, does it? No, <laughs> no. And that's that's the it thing. It makes it easier to buy Apple products. <laughs> well, if, eventually, because yeah, well, because at the beginning, Apple are yeah. they've locked down. Mm. What they've said mm. um, is that the the NFC chip in the iPhone six is mm. only for use by Apple. Yeah, which I think is the same thing they did with the um, what's it called the Touch. Fingerprint thing. Mm. That, that was locked down as well in the beginning. Yep, it was. Mm. And now you can use it to yeah, oh, ident- identify yourself in other apps right. as well. Yeah. So, so that there is instantly a, a hurdle for... Because here in, in European countries and American countries, we've all got bank accounts. Mm. So, so, and we've got all the phones as well. But the, um, the banks have our money, <laughs> by and large. And yeah. they've got the, the credit cards attached to... Well, a bank usually issue credit cards, yeah, you know, bank or financial institution, mm. um, and unless the NFC chip is in is available in the phone to their developers, right? Then I think we're going to see uh, it's going to be a very muddled marketplace for this. Mm. Um, and like you said, you also have the prepaid cards where you actually don't mm. need a bank account, uh, yeah. like we were talking to Brett King about a few episodes back. Yeah, but this is like the only subject area. Well, not the only subject area, of course. But well, I really bold. I, I really don't feel. Well, it's probably it's, it's just not my area of ex- expertise. But I feel like I don't really understand where this is heading because there's so it's so diverse, and I'm not sure. Just when it comes to mobile payments, how easy do you want it to become? I know I remember activating uh, one-click buy on Amazon. Mm. And I started oh, buying books. Yeah, I remember that. And this. I just and I just started clicking on books, and I realized, oh my god, I just bought all these books. Well, that we have with um, with all the kind of stories you see every now and mm. then about um, um, kids running up um, two thousand dollar bills on their parents' credit cards because right. they've clicked buy on them, um, you it, know, in, in the um, in app purchases, yeah, yeah. in app purchases or whatever, because um, it's too easy. Yeah. Uh, it's a good it's a good point. Mm. I mean, we from a UX perspective, we talk about making it a. a, a easy mm. experience or a good experience or a smooth experience yeah. removing hurdles yeah eliminating obstacles yeah but sometimes you need to add the obstacles as well to make well, people think in, in at various points mm. in it because mm. I mean yes I think we all want it to be easy to pay mm. I mean it, it's um, it's got to be mm. as easy as what is already here mm. you'd hope although we see far too many examples I mean your your school's um, um, web system for communicating with your teaching yeah, children exactly. is an example about how um, we're, we're implementing systems which are a lot more complicated than they used to be we've mm. talked before about how TV set up boxes mm. I mean god they're so much more unreliable and complicated mm. than mm. it used to be with a TV yeah. so in a lot of situations we are stepping into a more complicated world Yes. In exchange for a carrot of something which is more interesting, exciting. And, and people like you and I are the support team. People don't mm. call the mm. makers of the products mm. anymore. They call people like us who mm. understand the technology, but we don't have the time. No. So, so I think there's two, I think there's two aspects to this r- removing hurdles. Mm. I mean, yes, we want, um, I think we do want it to be quite straightforward to pay mm. at times. I mean, uh, standing in long queues, swiping cards, mm. you know, remembering pins and everything, it's quite complicated, but it's still reasonably simple. So if you can do something with your mobile, that at least matches the simplicity of of swiping a card or chip and pinning. Mm. Then I think you're on. You're definitely onto a winner there, and I think that's something that we'd like because it's mm. equivalent and as simple as what mm. we are using today. Right. But then, then there's also the the onboarding. Now we we discussed this a little mm-hmm. bit. The onboarding process has to be simple. Exactly. You need to understand how to get on it. Yeah, and if that if the onboarding process is too complicated, then you're not going to have adoption. Mm. And so then you you haven't got the ecosystem there to you know to even question. Yeah. Do you want any payment under um, twenty five dollars to be um, without approval? You know, automatic mm. without approval. Um, I think in the UK they do. Oh God, is it, it must be around around twenty pounds or something. I think is the is the micro payment limit. So oh, when okay. you've got this, um, when you want to just blip it with your NFC mm. card, 
than anything under a certain limit, just automatic. Because okay. people apparently are happy to, to, to buy 100, 100 kroner or £10 worth of um, shopping groceries. When I go to the US, I, I simply don't understand. Sometimes I need to enter my PIN and sometimes I don't. I just swipe my card and it pays, which is kind of scary. <laughs> There's yeah. no undo button yeah. for that. Yeah. And maybe there should be. Yeah. Oh, you have that here as well, though, with those kind of parking machines where you stick your card in, pull it out, and it just takes money. That's right. <laughs> yeah, just the, it's the different transaction types. That exactly. They, they, yeah. They pull through. And uh, people tend to, when we talk about mobile payments, we don't, don't talk a lot about that. Payments are mobile already. Money has always been mobile. You carry it in your pocket. That is mobile. Mm. So, so when we're talking about cellular phone payments, is what we're really talking about sometimes. Mm. Battery life mm. sucks. Yeah. On most phones. Yeah, we brought up that too. That's <laughs> yeah. one of the things that you. Yeah, you you can't be in a situation where you you can't pay if you've got no battery left. Yeah. No, we're gonna be in a we're gonna. And be you have your tickets on there, and no. you, you're, you're, yeah, you're yeah. watching a movie, mm. standing in the queue. That's mm. how I always do. <laughs> I th- I, we are. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be an interesting um, battle now between how um, how companies uh, how 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 well they succeed in pushing technology on us. Yeah. Because I think this is what the, the main thing is. They want, mm. There's a push for this technology, and banks and mobile operators and a few different players, they want us to do this because they want our card details because they want us mm. to make easier payments. Like your Amazon one-click is an example. That isn't, necess- that isn't really done to make your life easier. Mm. That's done to, to, to increase the number of transactions for of Amazon. Course, yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, and, and the question is, how, how can we manage to hold on to some kind of genuine... You know, user needs here. You know, mm. What do I really need to do? Do and I need to stand up a little bit here? Banks don't really have a good track record of seeing what what's best for their customers. No. Mm. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, next episode, we're visiting Conversion Jam in a couple of weeks. I think. You're right. We are going to be at That'll Conversion be Jam Four. Yeah. Mm. Craig Sullivan's not actually going to be there. Oh, but my God. Maybe we'll make him there. <laughs> we'll have to call him up. Mm, maybe. We will. <laughs> <laughs> right. Remember to keep moving. No, no, hold on. You're jumping the gun. Am I? What? You're What's now? What now? Right. What you do is at the end, oh, of, each, we have an, at the end of each show, we say things like this. Mm. So if you enjoy the show, um, then there's, well, there's at least two things you could do for us. You could review us on iTunes or Stitcher, or, yeah, whatever it is you use to listen to us. Um, and you can even share us. Share the show on Twitter. Um, will you, you can pod- retweet our tweets. Oh, yeah, that you can do yeah. as well. Will UX Podcast, um, all one word, if you want to um, at mention us. Show notes are available on uxpodcast.com. And, um, well, we're your hosts, James Ward Lawson and Per Axboom. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. Beep, beep.